From in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What? I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. Before we begin today's regularly scheduled program, I would like to thank the show's new patrons, Melissa Cummings, Jamie Long, and Kim Sheng. Thank you for your episodic tithes and support of the show. That being said, today I'll be reading from The Bible Says What? The Book, Chapter 7, For Yahweh So Loved Himself. page 74 he wants those who have killed animals to any other god other than him to be destroyed exodus 22 verse 20 he calls for the death of those who invite others to worship a different deity if your very own brother your own son or daughter or wife you love not the other one or your closest friend secretly entices you saying, let us go and worship other gods. Yahweh wants you to show them no pity, commanding that you do not spare them and that you must certainly put them to death. Deuteronomy 13, 6 through 9. Yahweh wants you to stone them to death because they have tried to turn you away from him. Deuteronomy 13, 10. Worship or sacrifice to someone else, and the temperamental Christian deity will have you killed. Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> Okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. Does, what do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Today's special guest is author, coach, and speaker, Tessa Major. Welcome to the show, Tessa. Thank you so much for having me. Really is an honor. Ah, Glad you're here. So New Zealand, so you're in the future at this point from Las Vegas, Nevada to New Zealand. What's it like? (laughs) <laughs> still the same as oh, it was hours ago. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Nothing's changed. That's okay. That's it, it's still good though. At least the sun's still there, right? Everything's you know exactly. the day is still progressing. That's all yep. that matters. So, <laughs> so you you have a book. Tell us a little bit about that. I do. Um, it really it was just a God given instruction. We were running a um conference online, an interview series. And all these beautiful stories of all these women and men who um, struggled with certain areas in their lives and came out stronger and more abundant in, in, in these areas. Um, just really God put it on my heart that that's how we heal. We share our stories. We take it, take it out of the darkness and into the light. And, and this beautiful transformation happens. And he just gave me a promise. If you write these words, if you open everything up, then I'll bring healing to you and, and to people who read it. So yeah, off we went. That's a lot. That's a lot right there. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay. Um, I forgot. Have you listened to the show? No, I only listened to snippets when you, good. when I went on the profile. <laughs> I don't At least you listened to something. You got something out of it. You're good. No, you're good. No, I love it. No, you just, you said a lot there and I, I kind of want to address, uh, I don't even know where to start. Let's start with the, he said something to you. But yes. So so God said something to you. Mm-hmm. Correct. How do you know it was God? And was it a physical voice? No, it's not a physical voice. How I know it's God is usually when it sounds smarter than myself. <laughs> and, and when it's not criticizing me in any way. Uh-huh. Or when it feels bigger and scarier than what I would usually put my my goals and ambitions up to, then I usually know that it's God. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm just going to give you kind of a scenario. Um, Way back when I had this idea of writing a book, man, Mm -hmm. to me, I, I, I barely passed high school. I mean, my college is just scattered and none of it really is a completion of writing. And I, I, I really, you know, 
through my religious experiences, it's kind of given me a, a self-esteem thing. So that kind of also pushed me back against writing. But there was just something inside of me. It just said, you got to gotta get this out. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And I mean, it could be my inner Jiminy Cricket. It could be my inner uh, Stephen King. You know, just just write, man. Just write. You know, there's all these different things I could attribute it to. Um, mm -hmm. And the difference is my people I attribute it to. I know there are there are factual people like Stephen King, but I know he's not actually pushing me to write it. So how do you know that it is your specific God telling you to do this? Well, I guess nothing we can say is with 100% certainty when it comes mm -hmm. to hearing inner voices or trusting God, right? Or believing in God. Um, and that is exactly what faith is, is believing in something that's not seen. Um, but for me, if I... If I hear something and that in, in one way or the other, it brings glory to God, then even if it's not God's voice, even if I'm completely mistaken, then it, it can't be a bad thing. And if I started writing this book and it was completely wrong, then God would have steered me in a different direction. But when everything comes together and when you get confirmation, then for me, if that's a 90% certainty or 85% or 99% certainty that it was God, that's good enough. Where, where was that confirmation coming from? Um, from, uh, for example, getting in touch with an editor. I have no background in publishing Same. and just through mutual friends um, here, this lady is a Christian editor or um, getting timely information in my in my inbox and yes we all say now our phones and our laptops or whatever listen yeah. to us um <laughs> again you can put it to that you can always we can always at the end of the day talk it down if it's god's voice or not we can always rationalize hmm. but if things come together we can trust that it's a higher power and for me that is god and the holy spirit so higher power thank you for for that uh, explanation. So same again, I can come right back to you. I, I, nobody, I know nobody in the publishing field, anybody. And I randomly put a post out that my, Hey, I finished this script or script <laughs> manuscript. I got, I don't know, whatever you call it. The, the finished book, I had finished it and I posted it. And as soon as I posted it, like not an hour later, somebody comes back with tagging, uh, David McAfee. I don't know if you know who he is. He's, he's, I guess this famous atheist guy. I mean, I contact him every once in a while. We have, kind of know him but anyways that got me in touch with that and he messaged me immediately and and then within a week i was a published author i was just i'm still a nobody i'm not really a big person yeah. i mean I, i'm not, not really a big but like that was amazing to me and mm -hmm. that didn't come from god because i'm I mean, atheist atheist book about the bible and what's in it i mean god probably would frown upon my uh interpretations of things um i don't know but it it's the same kind of thing, but I don't attribute it to God. I don't attribute mm -hmm. to anybody, really. I mean, mm -hmm. I can go with Spider-Man. I, st st I still think Spider-Man's a great guy. We should probably worship him instead of Yahweh. But that, that's just my opinion. Um, but it's weird that, that, you know, you would go to specifically Yahweh. And and I have the, it's, it's really weird that we have the same kind of circumstance. Like, it was so weird that, like, just randomly somebody decided to, post that or, or share that with somebody and, and I got my stuff published. So I, that's not weird at all. I mean, at the end of the day, God created this world with certain universal laws. And this is what I speak about in my book as well. I don't know if you read any page of it, but um, it says the same thing. There's universal laws and God created that because his will for us in John 10, 10, it says his will for us to have life and have it in abundance. But we have a certain part to play. Hmm. which for me is called taking action in faith. For example, huh. I, I believe that I hear God's voice and I take action. You can still operate along those same universal laws, expecting good things to happen to you, expecting abundance I, in your life or the law of attraction, whatever people call it. I, I honestly um, expected nothing. I just wanted to get my book out there. It was like a vomiting of words. I had to get it out. So whether, whether it's, it's still an energy, not, right? It's, it's a, still an so, energy. I guess vomiting is an energy. Yeah. No, but if you just had to get it out there, yeah. if that's your focus, where your focus goes, energy flows. Have you ever had something you just got to get off your chest? Of course. Yeah. That's what it was like. 
So yeah. energy, we'll that's call that saying. energy. If that was your energy, right? That's your direction, that's your focus, and things come back to that. And what, what things come back to, to mine specifically, uh, since mine is an anti-Bible? I mean, it's not really anti-Bible, you know what I mean? It, it's it's yeah, an atheistic point of saying. view. It's universal laws, right? So that's right. what so I'm what's, saying. What's, what's coming back to me because I wrote that? I don't understand your question. Well, you you wrote a book about God and it and it, and it uh, glory glorifies God. I wrote a book that doesn't really glorify him. It points out his flaws. Mm -hmm. So my story in all of this, what, what how do I fit into it? Am I the guy that's just poking and and destined to go to hell or how's that work? Still, you asked me two different questions now. What are you exactly? What question are you asking me? Well, you said there's a there's a plan or a purpose, or I can't remember your exact words. But to everything everybody's doing, and there's a purpose for my book being allowed to go through, and it, it's God's that's purpose or I God's allowing it, or that's, that's what I'm trying to understand. What what exactly was it that you were saying? We were talking about completely different things. You were saying, "How do I know it's the voice of God?" Right. But these same things happen to you, and right. they also kind of fall in line. And when I Fall said to you, That's it's still the same universal laws. God created this world to work uh -huh. according to certain universal laws. Even if you're a believer or not, okay, you can still operate and have certain amounts of success along the same created laws. They work the same for every human being. Gotcha, gotcha. So is there a plan, just so we're clear? Is there a plan for who? For you, for me, for everything? For everything. Is it, does God have a plan? Yes. Okay. Where do I fit into that plan as, a, as an atheist author who's writing, a, pointing out the flaws in his character? Where do mm -hmm. I fit in in that plan? Well, it, it depends how you're asking that, because, yes, God has a plan, but it doesn't mean that he's in control of the players. Interesting. So God's got a plan, but he's not in control. Who's in control? We are. So Yahweh's allowing us to be in control. He gave us dominion, right? Well, that's debatable. But so Well, that's exactly what it says in Genesis. Are we are we children to him? It, it, we're not fully godlike. We don't fully understand, you know, his ways and whatnot. So why why would he give us control? It's very weird. I've never heard this 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 point of view. It's very interesting. My point of view is nothing different than exactly what it says in the Bible. He created us in his own image. And then he gave us dominion over over this world, over this earth. Okay, so where does Satan feel, fit into that? You're really jumping all over the show. Well, I want to know who's in control. I mean, if if you say we're in control, how does Satan fit in? Is he is he allowed to manipulate? Who like? Yeah, yeah, he gets as much control as we give him. So we give him control. Y'all, okay, so <laughs> it, it's very confusing to me. I hear it a lot of times that Yahweh's in control or Satan's in control, but I'm, I don't think I've ever heard the aspect of we're in control. Um, well, then I don't know who you have spoken to, but if you read the Bible verse by verse, then it's exactly what it says. Well, there's then. a lot of places in there that says God's in control. And then there's places that says that uh, Satan has been given uh, dominion over the can earth. You, can you find a verse for me where it actually says that god is in control and that he um and so we're now again we're talking i love it old covenant covenant or new covenant in what context god is in i love this thank you control mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. all right let's go 10 bible verses let's just start with that Oops, sorry microphone and Sorry, my computer is slow. Isaiah 55. Oh, where'd he go? Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher. That doesn't really say he's in control. That's a beautiful verse. Absolutely beautiful <laughs> verse. Um, old covenant, yep. Yeah, okay. So old covenant. So it matters, old covenant or new covenant. The so old covenant, uh -huh. what was the reason for the old covenant? It was to show that we needed Jesus, that we needed a savior because God's original plan was never the fall. God's original plan was the garden. Well, why did he put the trees there? Because he wants a relationship by choice, not by force. Okay, so I'm not going to put, okay, I love this analogy. Are you ready for this one? I'm not, I'm not sure if you heard it, but <clears throat> I'm not going to put a gummy worm 
that's injected with poison into the middle of a daycare and then walk away and let a bad guy come in and say, hey, convince them that that gummy worm is safe to eat. That's so weird. Why would Yahweh put trees there in the shape of fruit, no less? Mm -hmm. Not rotting carcasses or anything odd and weird that somebody would want to not want to eat. He put it in the shape of fruit. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He's an all-knowing, powerful deity, right? So why would he put trees there knowing it would cause the fall of man? Unless he wanted this to happen. Unless this was part of the plan. Did he know it was going to happen? Yes. Mm. That's why there's Jesus, right? Because from before the foundation of the earth, there was Jesus. There was the Trinity was already there. Okay. So Jesus put the trees there, knowing that it would cause the fall of man. Why would somebody purposefully cause the fall of the human race? He didn't cause it. Again, human beings, when they were created, were given free will. If the they trees were, were not there. If the trees were not there, would there have been a fall? If the trees were not there, not there, there wouldn't have been a choice. So there wouldn't have been a choice to have a relationship with God. Of course there was. He walked around in the garden. He talked to them. They had a choice whether to slaughter the lamb or just cuddle up with it and have a nap. They had a no, choice. But remember, if, if you have no knowledge of good and evil, those choices aren't there. So, so he wanted to give them the, the knowledge of good and evil. That was his no, purpose all said. along. That's not what I said. No, okay, so then said. they would have been fine without it. Everything was present in on earth, right? Because Satan was already there before humans were there. That, it's debatable whether the serpent was actually Satan or not. But, I mean, why would that just presents a whole other problem. Why would you let the bad guy in there? I would not let a bad guy into my kid's room. That's why I locked the doors to my house. You know? I mean, why would Yahweh let the bad guy in to convince people to do something even that would cause the fall the doors of man? To your house, even if you lock the doors to your house, the enemy still exists. He's still Yeah, well, real. we have different things for that. Security systems and, and electrical doorknobs. But Yahweh can. Yahweh can. He has that ability, right? How? Because if we have free will and we're not under his control, how can he protect us 24-7 if we make choices? Again, can, we've been giving uh -huh. free will. He wants us to choose to have a relationship with him because otherwise he, there was no need for humankind. He has angels. Angels worship him. They, they don't have that will. We as human beings are very different. <clears throat> so the relationship part. Is he not able to have a relationship with us without the devil? That's an unrelated question. Well, it's very weird to create your own bad guy just so people can have a relationship with you. He didn't create his own bad guy. The, he created, created angels. Oh. He created angels. But he created but those angels knowing that one of them would become Satan, right? But Lucifer wanted more, right? He was jealous of God. God's a jealous God punishing the children, you know, to the fourth and fifth generation. You really go from A to Z to B on any word I speak. Do you, like there's a lot there. There's so much to it though. There's no, like it's, it's no, like a big I think thing. That, no, I think you're driving an agenda based on certain words I speak, which really pulls things out of context. So if you really want to really have an ask agenda one question, we can go on that track. But just to go on to certain like putting what? your own narrative in there based on just certain it's, words it's biblical it's biblical god is a jealous god that's 100 yes, we talking about satan and lucifer and all of a sudden you talk about god well you're, you're saying like jealousy is a bad thing satan's jealous he's a bad thing well so is god god's a jealous god so i mean we can't compare but also there's bad anger and there's righteous anger there's so no there's such thing as good jealousy and punishing children for it but again, we're talking new covenant, old covenant. So what would you like to talk about? It doesn't matter which covenant. We can both agree that punishing children out of jealousy is, a, is not a good thing. No, they were punished because they idolized something that wasn't God. Would, would, I mean, you wouldn't punish your kids for idolizing another parent, would you? Do we not punish our children? For idolizing another parent? And that's kind well, of a I weird thing to punish kids for. 
Sorry, go ahead. Well, but now you're saying your parents aren't equal. My parents aren't equal. Sorry, I missed that one. Yeah, so you're saying the one over, idolize the one parent over the other would be saying they're not equal and they're not actually one entity. So you, what you're saying is, <laughs> here's God, right? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And and God is is the person that created everything, the being that created. We're everything. all His children. Uh huh. Yeah. And now instead of okay, so to put it into perspective, yeah. God, in, let's take marriage, right? If we would have an affair with another person, would there be jealousy? Yes. Would that jealousy be righteous? Would that jealousy be the right thing, right? Because you have made a covenant together it's where such you a said petty you... human thing though for an for for an all-powerful deity to be jealous like that. Is he not perfect? What can you imagine perfection getting jealous over something so ridiculous? Now, now when it comes to relationships, that's different. That's a whole physical thing, that's an emotional thing. And we as humans have issue with that. God is a perfect, all-powerful, all-loving, merciful being who gets jealous because the parents of some children worshipped a different deity, so he, he decides to punish them. That's a whole other story. That's a whole other level of weird. And, and, but you and call it petty. But like petty, I just yeah. gave you an example. Like I just gave you an example. Now you I'm not sleeping with another god, though. But am I sleeping exactly with another god, or am I just talking to another god? No, the thing is, you. So, for example, what is sin? Sin is missing the mark, right? There is one hundred percent perfect. Everything <laughs> I love with the God stuff you bring up. Missing. No, the well, mark. that that is exactly what it means in the Greek translation. It's missing the mark. It. So, if God is one hundred percent perfect, one hundred percent of the time, one percent of a deviation mm -hmm. is for Him. It doesn't matter if it's ninety-nine percent of a deviation or one percent of a deviation. It's the same. It's petty. So. That's petty. Is that is that not petty though? Like, holy cow! I thought you were merciful and forgiving. Why but is like one little thing to set to you say, off? But no, but that's the thing. Whether it's murder or gossip is the same in God's eyes. We decide what in in this world we decide what level of sin is okay, what level of sin is not. To God, sin is sin, and He doesn't differentiate. Do you believe in hell? Absolutely. So do you think gossip deserves hell? I I just, again, no, because we have Jesus as a savior. I didn't so ask if Jesus only... was helping you. I, I asked if you deserve no. hell because of gossip. No, you're asking the wrong question. What's the question I should be asking? The question you're asking is, what is the requirement for hell? Well, you just, is gossip a requirement for hell? It depends. Pretty have simple. you made have you made Jesus your Lord and Savior? If that's the no. answer, yes. Well, there we go. Then no, that is there the we go. What? So I deserve hell for gossip? No, you deserve hell for not making Jesus your Lord and Savior. Wow, Tessa, ouch! Wow, that's pretty mean. Maybe in yeah. your eyes, yeah. I deserve hell because Jesus isn't my Lord and Savior. Come on, Tessa. So you're telling me like the, the, the nicest person on the planet who gives everything to the poor, sacrifices everything, is not selfish whatsoever, deserves hell because they didn't have Jesus as their Lord. Because they were given a choice and they said no to the person that created this all, to, who made this all possible. Did Jesus come down and talk to them beforehand? We all have a knowledge of God, even you who says no to God, who's an atheist. Because I you've haven't said no to God because God hasn't said anything to me. I don't, I don't talk to God. You? I talk to a ceiling. That's what I talked to for so many years when I was a Christian. I mean, God doesn't talk back. If Jesus wants to have a relationship with me, if the only thing that's going to save me from eternal damnation is Jesus proving himself to me, what is he waiting for? He has proven himself to you. How has he proven himself to me? Open the Bible. Okay. This thing has talking animals, blood sacrifice, 
and slaughtering witches and, and burning prostitutes, you're telling me he's in here? Absolutely. In every Which word. Which part? In every in word every where it tells me to stone Genesis homosexuals? Sorry? Even when he's telling me to stone homosexuals? They weren't the only ones being stoned. That doesn't make it any better, Tess. Well, you, you want to talk about biblical. So then every sin, then there's, and remember, every sin then deserves death at that point. And again, I've told you already. I the know. Old I heard was you. to show us that we needed a savior, that we God had him. a better plan for us. We need him to save us from him. We need, right? we need him. No, we need him to, we, without him, we are Sodom and Gomorrah. Without him, we will absolutely eradicate ourselves. Without him, we will we will condone bestiality without wow. him we sacrifice our children to pagan gods that is <laughs> with we need him 100 are you familiar with the story of jephthah and judges what, where yes, he sacrificed he his his own daughter to yahweh but was he instructed to do so he told god he said if you let me win this or i think that's what it was i have to refer myself to it later but Okay, whatever well, it was thinking, he maybe said whatever you, comes out god knew the story god knew exactly what was going to come out of that house first to greet him he knew he agreed i will let you win this battle and you will sacrifice the first thing that comes out you think god didn't know but you think god thought it was story. going to be a You're goat pulling or a it chicken how am i taking it did he sacrifice his daughter to yahweh god did not tell did him to he do that. sacrifice his daughter to yahweh on his own accord. Again, you're pulling things out of context. So it's when a, you pull something out of the Bible, bet he read made with the God. Please read, read it. It's Judges thing. 11, everybody. Uh, Judges 11, 1 through 40. He vowed to sacrifice yes. the first thing that came to the door. It was his daughter. Uh, verse 39 says, he did to her as he had vowed. Yahweh never stepped in. Yahweh never said this was bad. Not once did he say, don't do it, Jephthah. Don't do it. Not once he didn't. He didn't do pull an uh, Abraham and Isaac story. He didn't. He didn't do that one. He told us from the beginning with the Ten Commandments how we should live. If people step outside of that, that's their own choice. Do not murder. It was one of those things, right? Exactly. Do, do you think he followed that with the Amalekites? He told those people to murder everybody, even the kids. Do not murder, but go ahead and kill these people because they didn't follow my way or I'm jealous and they were worshiping other gods. That's not loving or rational. I mean, honestly, come on. He How was very, rational? Loving, very rational, but he also had a righteous anger. Is it righteous when you're slaughtering kids? Is there a point in time where anybody in the history of anybody has slaughtered children and it was a righteous anger? But again, you make it sound like the old covenant. Old it doesn't Testament matter what covenant. He still did these things, though, Tesla. He still to did show them. Us, to, to show us how much we actually needed something more than the, yeah. than the Old Testament. And how much we needed something more than our own moral compass, which is very often steers us wrong. Tessa, I can tell you it's wrong to kill kids. I can tell you it's wrong to slaughter out of jealousy. Right? We can both agree on that. Well, it's funny that you actually were the one that read the passage just now that his ways are higher than ours, and so is our understanding. So, so uh, I'm asking the same question to go though, but like the, the slaughtering of children, that's a whole nother thing. Slaughtering of, of children context, out of jealousy. Why were they? Why was everybody killed? The Amalekites, because they pissed them off because they attacked the Israelites earlier. So Yahweh was mad at them, so he wanted them to kill everybody. He said, they pissed me off. He'll kill everybody. He, I mean, there's Hosea is 9. That, is that what it says? Is that what it says? Slaughters. There's Hosea 9 where he slaughters the uh, people of Ephraim. 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 There's a, a pronunciation in there I'm always missing. But it just makes me sad that, first of all, this sounds like you have a lot of anger inside of you. So I don't know what happened that, that made you have these. You know, it's funny, the anger. It's not anger. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. It's but not really it's just anger, sad though. that you do ask a question. 
you you pull things out of context and you kind of leave out a lot of important facts. So if you want to ask questions about what certain things mean in the Bible, then by all means, let's grab the Bible, but then read mm. the whole passage and then we can discuss it. Don't just pull out, he was pissed off, let's kill some kids, uh, righteous anger, or jealousy, petty. You're just throwing words out to, totally. to elicit totally. certain emotions. I apologize. You're right. Out of context. No, you're right. We should definitely read into these verses, 100%. I apologize. I do spitfire some verses out there. Let's look into these. Um, Deuteronomy 5.9, just random here. I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the fourth, uh, to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So in this particular verse, how do you take it? How is how is that context? What's the context of it? And, and how can we justify that that action? I just love it that God's present in this conversation. It's actually written in my book. You I I honestly can give you a copy of it. I would love a copy of it. Actually. Science has proven now that <laughs> our genes, our DNA carry certain um, pollutions until the third and fourth generation. For example, if because of lifestyle choices, somebody has developed diabetes, guess what? That is passed through our genes to the third and fourth generation. So we're actually passing along diabetes, um, anything from that our lifestyle choices or bad, bad, actions have led to accumulate in our bodies and diabetes is just always the perfect example so uh, that's why i go there actually physically in our dna shows up to the third and fourth generation which is not proven so again when i mean pulling things out of context you pulled one bible verse out when when you read the bible you read the whole passage you read the whole ch chapter to put things into context because again very easy to misinterpret and that's what religion does they they slam people with sin or they slam people with which you have to feel guilty or you have to do penitence so it's not just atheists like yourself who pull things out of context uh, pastors do priests do the pope does so reading things out of context is extremely dangerous all you're left with is a con is what somebody says which i actually quite enjoy um, but yeah, this particular one actually actually has scientific proof to it now. So God warned us. God warned us. If we take our own path, if we take make decisions that aren't healthy for us, generations after us will be punished for that. Interesting combination you put there. So what I'm going to take out of that is you've taken the context of third and fourth generation. You've taken that context out of it. And you've turned it into diabetes and other things, not just specifically, but diabetes, right? Where does the jealousy fit in, though? You're, you're missing that part of it. That's kind of a big one. He's punishing mm -hmm. people with diabetes to the third and fourth generation because he's jealous of what? No, God, God doesn't punish people. Again, we're talking about... It says punish. What do you think? What, what yes, word should again, be Again, we're talking about Old Testament verses. He doesn't punish people in the New Testament? No, you read the Bible test. Come on, he's punishing 100%. people all throughout. He's gonna punish me In, okay. eternally. How is he? Oh, you're talking about hell now. Is yes. that the punishment? But that's a choice, right? No, he's chosen not to reveal himself to me. You say he has, but I've lived my life, he hasn't shown up. He showed up to Paul on the road uh, Saul, the road to Damascus. It's interesting he hasn't how up to me. somehow you got so pissed off with somebody you don't believe in that pretty much your life work We're, is now to prove the opposite. Not really my life work. I have other things I do. This is just my side job. So where's the jealousy in that? How does the jealousy fit in? Jealousy, diabetes, where's that fit in for you? No, but again, we need to read the whole chapter. So if you want me to answer the full I mean, It's pretty self-explanatory. And we read the whole chapter. Let's go Deuteronomy 5. Let's do it. All right. Hold on. Hold on, dude. Ronnie. Are you there with me? You can bring up your Bible or are we doing this online? Because I'm going to do uh, mine online. It's much easier. I can. I don't have. Okay. Hold on. Let mm. me get it. Deuteronomy 5. How long is this one? Okay. All right. It's not too bad. It's 32 verses. All right. Let's start the book. Where does it start? Deuteronomy 5. 9. Hey, That's where it's at. 
Ten Commandments. Oh, this is a good one. Moses summoned all Israel and said, is this the one where he comes down the mountain? Oh, no. That's a good one, too. When he comes down the mountain and he, and he has everybody strap swords to their sides and run through each other as punishment, that's a good one. Such a classic punishment. Moses summoned all Israel and said, Hear, Israel, the decrees and laws I declare in your hearing today. Blah, blah, blah. Where's number nine? Oh, number nine is the, <laughs> is the second commandment. <laughs> you shall have no other gods before me, number one. Number two, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth, on the earth beneath or in the waters below. Oh, no Poseidon. Bummer. You shall not bow down. <clears throat> you shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents of the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. So he punishes those who don't love him and loves those that do love him. Is there a different word for punishing there that we should be putting it? Or did I read that wrong? Should I read further? No, but know. you you also explained the beginning what where the punishment comes from, right? Where the jealousy comes from. And that we missed when you just read, oh, he's jealous. But it explains exactly why he does not accept this do think, type. Do you think that's a rational, a rational reason to punish children to the third and fourth generation? Yes. And wow. not, and I'm saying this, no, 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 okay, no I'm hold saying on. this carefully. Again, no, 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 I'm not done, done yet. You asked no. me a question. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just saying, exactly. should we punish murderers' kids? Should we punish the kids of the murderers up to the third and fourth generation, all their grandkids, because their great, great, great grandfather murdered somebody? Should we punish them? Does that sound that, fair and just? You're not really allowing me to speak here. Go ahead. I just want to throw that yeah. question out there before I forgot it. So what I wanted to say is, again, the very extremes of the old covenant have done for have been done for a very particular reason, right? For example, if you look at before the laws, you just read the laws, right? Mm -hmm. What was before the laws? What was before the Ten Commandments? Do you have any idea? Genesis. Exactly. How did God um deal with people and with sin in genesis he wiped them out he drowned their children what what happened with the first murderer oh you, that murder that god instigated with cain and abel oh great story we he should read that, next. that absolutely we should read that story next 100 percent so you know, God exactly is to blame for all our bad actions. So you're saying we're Don't not to that blame right there. Oh, God mm -mm. who mm -mm. Don't try and do that. Uh-uh. I'm talking about Cain and Abel. You're putting everything in there. I'm talking about no, Cain and no, Abel. Okay, so, He's 100%. So why did God instigate that murder? We can go back and read it. There's a whole other thing. A context, Tessa. Context. Yeah, We've got to read the context read of it. it. You tell me how God instigated that murder. I love this. This is so much fun. All right. So Genesis. Genesis. Oh, crap. It's like four or something, isn't it? I don't remember. Four. Ah. Do you remember where it's at? Genesis 4? You think it's Genesis 4? Am I right? It's not loading. Ah! I had it. All right. Adam made love to his wife, Eve. That's how it happens. And she became pregnant and gave birth to, uh, gave birth, gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought him forth a man. Later, she gave birth to, her, to his brother, Abel. Oh, man, you're going to have to read the rest of this. Apparently, I'm just screwing up my reading tonight. Go ahead. Verse uh, three there. Uh, no, I don't have it here. Do you want me to go there? Sorry. Oh, man, come on. Okay, no, now, Abel, read it. <laughs> now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. Verse three, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Verse four, and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor, favor, God swear it <laughs> with favor on Abel and his offering right there. The Lord looked with favor 
on Abel and his offering. That's a key point there. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Why? Good question. But why is actually the question, honestly. But it's an important important question before we go on. Absolutely. So what's the difference? Why did he look with favor upon the one offer and not the other one? So why would he want an animal sacrifice to him over fruits and vegetables? Why do you think? Has nothing to do with the type of offering. It has 100% to do with the type of offering. What do you think it has to do with? No, it has to do in the way it was given. If you read that the the one offering was was given of the first which we are called to do. When we bring the tithes into the storehouse, we give the first. Okay, so, so he gave the, the choice piece, the best part he gave to God as an offering. Okay, so what was wrong with the fruits and vegetables? Okay, so if we go, so just give me the verse there. It, Genesis 4. And then? That, that's it, just Genesis 4. It's all Cain and Abel so right there. Four the and thing. then? Uh, we can go to six. Oh no, sorry, sorry. Uh, two and a half. Later, she gave birth to Abel. Now, Abel uh, kept flocks, okay. and Cain worked the soil. Yeah. Verse three. In the course of time, Cain mm-hmm. Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. He brought fruits. Okay, so but it says then, and Abel uh-huh, brought he him also dead brought animals. Up the firstlings, firstlings, which is a, which is a dead flock, animal. It's a dead and animal. The first lings of his flock and of the fat thereof so what it says here is that in the process of time Uh cain brought of the fruit and of the ground just somewhere he went oh yeah i also still need no it doesn't say the first the fruits of the soil that's what's wrong with the fruits of the soil is god so petty he can't take the fruits of the soil he has to have the firstborn animal slaughtered to him no can you stop i'm by the way i'm a vegetarian so it has nothing to do you're taking it has a hundred there are 32 times in the bible 32 times where he says he loves the smell of burning flesh 32 times again you can't tell me it's not about the animal do with that this is he gave of the fat and he gave of the firstlings so of two instances it is to show that he gave of the best that he had he gave of the first nowhere does it say the fruits were second best nowhere does it say that and in the process of time it came to pass it came brought of the fruit of the ground an offering not of the first of the fruit oh because the word first isn't there it just the, the word second the isn't there is either. Chosen. You're reading into that too much, I think. But that's that's just context and how you decide to but interpret you it. Your hermeneutics explain, are different. So than that mine. is why the one was seen with favor and not the other. So the one chose to gave of his best. It was a heart, uh, the, uh, a situation petty. of the heart in which he gave. Petty. It's petty. But you may give that the definition petty. Did did Cain have access? to uh the God flocks. cares about the state Did of our Cain have access to the flocks he doesn't care if it's a flock it does because Cain worked the soil and no. Abel worked the flocks there's two different people say, working two different parts that God looked upon favor because the one was an animal offering and the other was not that doesn't say that Hebrews 9 22 without this without the slaughter without the bloodshed Yahweh is unable to forgive that is pretty specific about animals that's a blood cover. It's not specific to animals because when it comes to blood covering, it actually is Jesus's blood that it refers to for a later point. Humans are animals. Jesus is a, uh, that's a whole other topic. No, the it's blood, not another topic. He's asking you, for a sacrifice. The blood of a living, actually the blood of the lamb. Breathing. It, it signifies. That's an animal. later on that Jesus is the blood of the lamb. It's still an animal though. Is he an animal? Yes, human beings are animals. He was part human, was he not? We are actually not animals. Uh, I definitely do not think we're animals. I'm sorry, we you don't feel that way. In, in God's image. <laughs> yeah, but okay. you are making this up. No, nowhere does it say that he favored I'm it because it was so? an animal offering. It doesn't say that at it, all. It goes with the big picture. If you read the whole story, he likes the bloodshed. He likes the barbecue. He loves it. 
The entire Bible is about him wanting sacrifices, blood, sacrifice. He's not a vegetarian. He's like us. Oh, actually, he likes actually, meat. Well, not, you know, sorry. Actually, in yeah. Genesis, it actually says in the beginning that what he gave us to eat wasn't the animals. And so then again, he changed that, his that mind. Of, no, it's part of the fall. After the flood, we were given permission to eat animals, not by him. Then. Yeah, but after he still the flood, couldn't have done that. Fall, he didn't have to. Why would he want he, us to eat animals after the fall? Possibly because uh, there wasn't enough plant substance at that point to sustain us. You're joking. There's, there's there's not enough plants to sustain us, so he had us eat animals. After the flood, that's very so. Possible. He made more animals than plants. No, but you must remember what came on the ark and oh, what after takes the flood. Sorry. And what takes time to regenerate after yeah. the flood. So what were they eating while everything took time to regenerate? That's what I'm saying. They were given permission to eat animals. At right. But if there's only two by two by two, if you ate two of something or one of something, we would no longer have that. So what were they eating? No. <laughs> what I'm saying is after the flood, things had to... Re I'm taking a guess now, right? You're asking me why were they given permission after the flood to eat animals? Well, I'm saying my in guess... In general, after the, the fall. After the fall, not the flood. After the fall. After the flood. After the flood. But, but after the fall, why were they given permission to eat animals? I'm saying after the flood. After I'm the saying after the fall. I know after the flood, but why would he give them permission to eat animals after the fall? So in the garden, they ate fruits and vegetables. After the fall, he's like, yeah, go ahead and eat that guy. Why? Death, death then entered into the world. Before that, there was no death. So because Adam and Eve ate of a fruit that he put there in purpose, and then let the bad guy in oh, to try and convince yeah, we them. We circled back to that now. So I wondered when we were ever getting back to that. <laughs> Always ends up back to the beginning. Do you, do you still want to? Yeah. Do you still want to revisit that? Or I do. I do. I, I still want to know why it's a good idea to let the bad guy in. No, the bad guy was already there before us. <laughs> why would he put the bad guy there at all? Why would he allow the bad guy into the room? He was banished. It wasn't. So he was banished to the perfect perfection of the garden? I banish you to Eden, where I keep my people. Don't tempt oh, them. At that, point, at that point, they weren't there yet. But yes, okay, so, so he, he banished... banished That's such a weird thing. Okay, so he banishes Satan to a perfect garden, but me, an atheist, who he's never shown up to or said hi to, he's going to banish to hell. This is so weird. It just doesn't but add just, up for me. But you say, but I mean, we just have to believe you, right? That he never reached out to you and that he never tried. Yeah, you do. It's my personal experience. I've never seen him. Have you seen him? Well, how do you mean seen? Seen, I see him my, eyeballs. my eyeballs. I see him in creation every day. That's, that's different. There's a hundred million different creator deities. You're picking one of them and saying, yeah, that tree resembles mine. Well, great. That resembles everybody else's as well. That has a creator no, deity. No, I didn't say that at all. Okay, so trees are not good have, enough. So how has he shown again, himself? Again, you're putting you? words in my mouth. Okay, well, is it good I'm enough or not? In the complexity of nature, everything around us, I see God 100%. Again, I that see could him be in anybody's the God. Stars and the constellation. But that could be anybody's God. To me, to me, I don't know how to yeah, of course. What is, the, what is the question? How has God? No, sorry. The question was, have you seen God? Actually. Have you seen him like physically? Like Paul saw Jesus, people saw Yahweh all throughout the Old Testament, people still see Yahweh. Have you specifically seen Jesus or Yahweh? If you're asking me, has he shown himself in that way into a burning bush? Then no, no, like a physical being. Have you seen him? But I don't need to see him that way. That's weird. So he's just an invisible well, why friend. Why is that weird? Because I can believe in something that I can't see. You believe in gravity. You use it every day, yet you can't see it. Gravity is measured by science. Yahweh, you can't measure. He doesn't show there's, up. There's he doesn't say anything. He doesn't have, fill a space. Important. He does nothing. He's just nothing. <laughs> like, like there's nothing there. You said, what did you say? God is present in this conversation. Where is he at? Mm -hmm. Is he sitting next to you? Is he on my shoulder? Is he in my microphone? Where is he at? Well, he's definitely in my heart. Okay, so there's a dude living in your heart. How do you know there's a dude living in your heart? 
there's a Holy Spirit inside of me. It's not okay, so Jew. there's a ghost living Spirit. inside your heart. How do you know there's a ghost living inside your heart? Because I'm definitely not the same I am now than before I became a Christian. I was definitely not the same now as I was when I was younger. That's how that works. We we mature, we grow up, we we do better. Most of us. Do we? Does it, Mo it most of us. <laughs> we all have that one relative. <laughs> but most of us, that's how it happens. We mature, we grow up. I'm not attributing that to a ghost living in my heart. This side. No, you might you might not. So why would you? Because I know that he's real. You know that God is real. You've and never met him. And I know the him. difference in my life when I accepted him as Lord and Savior. Ah, I know was... the difference in my life when I let go of religion. It would be lovely if you actually let me finish a sentence sometimes. I'm just saying it just it doesn't work because it's the same thing. I can say the same thing. It's the opposite. It doesn't work. There's no little invisible man living inside my heart or ghost. It's so weird to me. So have you interacted with God? Like, like a, you, you call it a relationship, and many Christians do. I have a relationship with my wife. We can have a conversation. I can move this curtain and have a talk with her. Can you do that with God? 100%. So you can have a conversation with God, and he talks back to you, and like, can we get this on, on air right now? He's here. He's present. He's living yeah. inside your heart. Let's have this conversation. But how are you going to hear him if he lives inside my heart and speaks to you me? You can speak for him, can you not? He speaks to you. That's, That's exactly how that works. what I'm doing right now. That's okay, why we're so why has he I'm not shown himself to I'm me? I'm having such a good time. <laughs> Ask him why he has not shown himself to me. But I'm trying to tell you, he's saying that he has in many ways. Which way? Which which way did he show himself to me? Trees don't work. That, that's kind of a weird one. Try a different one. I've told you that he's right behind you. It's in every word that is written there, but you are not... One oh, thing there. to read what it actually means. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, I've read that thing. I wrote a book about it. It's actually called The Bible Says What. No, I've read that thing. I've seen his his uh, character. And uh, I'm very curious why you don't see the same thing I do. It's like you're reading a different book or you're just ignoring the horrible things in there that he does. But we, we found a lot of excuses. Sorry, what? Have you seen his character? I have read about it. I haven't seen him. See, to me, faith is kind of like LARPing. You know what LARPing is? No idea. It's where, it's where these people go to the park and they dress up as medieval times people and they pretend to sword fight and wizards and all that. Like, ah, oh, I got you. <clears throat> that's that's kind of how I see faith. You, you believe in the invisible and pretend that it's real. I, I, I don't know how that, else to see faith. It's like science, right? It's like evolutionists. No, science is facts. We use facts and we, we test them and prove science them. Science disproves can't test the invisible the God. Science disproves itself all the time. There's nothing that gets that's more great. disproved that's good. As, as hypotheses. No, no. Awesome. Science, that's the whole point. It's supposed to prove itself wrong. And when it does, we correct our information and we move on. And then that's you how still science don't works. know the answer. To what? To most things. For example, evolution. On we, itself, we it's based on a completely shaky ground. Like what? What's shaky that about every, Hey, Well, for example, most, uh, most people who are paleontologists say that there's a lack of evidence that suggests that a species has actually have gone through several, several transformations. There is That's no false. evidence. No, we have so much evidence. It's ridiculous at this point. There is so much evidence. 100%. Everybody listening, go look it up. The evidence for evolution, there is a ridiculous amount of it. Yes, we have small missing links here and there. Not a big deal. The amount of evidence that outweighs that is just beyond ridiculous. So yeah, no, 100%. I, I can't follow through that. And there's so many Christians that believe evolution because, you know, birds from the water or or whatever it was, fish from the water. It's a, it's a whole thing. There's a whole thing. Genesis 1 and 2, different contradictions and whatnot. But no, evolution. I, I just, I don't see it with the amount of research that we have and the amount of evidence that we have. I, it's like the whole dinosaur thing. Satan put dinosaurs in the ground. No, 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 he didn't. didn't dinosaurs were real people. No, I'm just saying that's that's the same level I see it at. It's just, it's the same level. It's just so obvious. 
It's so obvious. Well, I, I see it very differently than you. And that's clearly why well, we're having up. this conversation. But I, you're asking me how I can believe in things that I can't see. Whereas science does that all the time. They, they find a hypothesis and then they try and prove it. And right. oftentimes it turns out to not be true, which is just as unseen, right? Because it doesn't exist. So, there's, mm-hmm. so there's you're definitely asking things we don't how know. I can have faith. Yeah. No, there's that's, definitely some things we don't know. And, and I'm not going to insert a God into that. And that's, I think, also where faith comes in. It's, it's, it's that insert of the gap. I don't know. I'm going to trust or believe that it's God. So, so you, see, we don't have a, a, a clear vision of how the world began, how everything began. But what happens with Christians is they insert God. It's the God I of the gap. I didn't wonder one day, oh, I wonder how the earth um, started. Oh, I don't know. Let's start believing in God. Not at all. No, I don't, I was, I don't assume that. I was, I was spoken to by a person who I don't know at all who put her hand on my shoulder and said exactly what was in my heart, my exact thoughts. I've never met the person. She couldn't have known it. And, and he invited me to live a life with him and I accepted. And that's exactly what I needed. Hmm. Interesting. Well, so I didn't, like I didn't heard what you... some question and then I inserted him because I didn't know the answer. He invited me to live life with him as he does to everybody. A and we can make a decision. You. A person invited you. Jesus didn't actually come up to you and say hi. A person did. Right? He did. Spoke to me through her and that's what he does. He speaks through that people. Was actually, through that was actually Spider-Man or Jiminy Cricket. I mean, there's there's no way to know that it was Jesus. It's just some random person coming up to you and having a word. It's it's so weird how 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 that that correlation is just so strong that God, it's got to be God. It's got to be God. Now there's a a ghost living in my heart. That's a, it's a it's and, quite a and thing. Because of the fullness of it, I live this wonderful abundant life that I wish you could experience too. I live a wonderful abundant life as well. I wish you could experience it. I, I I don't think you'd be this argumentative if you lived a completely fulfilled life, but that's. I don't that's think you'd thing. be this argumentative too if you were, you know, broken free from the bondage of religion. But that's okay. We disagree. We were able to have a conversation about it. Stuck with it. I appreciate you so much on that. Why don't you tell the folks at home where we can find your stuff? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I would definitely just go to Amazon. Look, mm-hmm. abundance awaits, and you'd find my book. It's being released on the twentieth of September. And you can make up your own mind. A lot of science in there, a lot of biblical foundations, and you can have a read. I appreciate your time today and your questions and your answers and all that. Uh, take care. Stay safe out there. We'll keep in contact. All good. Thank you so much. Cheers. Nice and that's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will give you access to the patron feed, unaired conversations, early access to each episode, and much more. For the latest events, BSW swag, and a peek behind the scenes, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. The Bible Says What the book is out. Head on over to thebiblesayswhat.com and get yourself and your grandma a signed copy. Thanks to the cosmic powers of the internet, it is now possible to buy me a beer or coffee online. Simply go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash BSW the podcast and click the appropriate buttons. If you can't support the show monetarily, please like, share, and or leave a review. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram pages. You can also reach me at bswthepodcast at gmail.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them? buy my book bible says what available at the bible says what.com amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com
don't forget to leave a review.